0: This episode is brought to you in part by Regent College, Vancouver, Canada. Experience God's call to a life more abundant with our one- to two-week summer courses. Sign up today at rgnt.net slash summer.
1: Alright, what's going on everyone? You are listening to the teaser episode for Lit Pulpit. You've got myself, Claude Acho, in the house with my brother, Austin Cardi. How are you, Austin? I'm doing great, Claude. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Um... Now, this is sort of the setup for a disaster podcast because this is a teaser episode, but you've got two preachers on who are preparing to talk about something they care about deeply and are enthusiastic about, but we're saying it's a teaser. We're going to keep it a little bit short. So hopefully, just like when pastors preach and they say, this is the last point, I'm bringing this to a close, we can actually be uh, concise with our enthusiasm. Do you think we can pull this off?
2: What could possibly go wrong?
1: Exactly. What what could possibly go wrong? Um, We're so glad you're listening. Um, Lip Pulpit is uh, something that we're really excited about and it's going to launch in January, but we wanted to come to y'all right now through your headphones or whatever device you're listening to, to give you a sense of what we're up to. So Lip Pulpit, uh, Austin, can you kind of break down what we're up to with this endeavor?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We are two pastors who, as you said, love books and want for Uh, church congregations to love books the way that we do, and we thought that it would be a lot of fun for us as two pastors to read along with as many folks who are interested in reading uh, select books with us uh, to kind of read this in real time with a group and um, kind of facilitate this as two pastors reading these uh, these great texts and thinking about it through the lens of uh, how might pastors... Use the richness of this literature to uh, help try to articulate the Christian story and um, try to get deeper into what it means to try to uh, follow Jesus uh, in, in, in this messy world in which we live.
1: Yeah. And just the sort of um, alignment between the work that you've been doing in your writing, the work that I've done in my writing, and then obviously the work that Jessica has done in her writing. We've sort of come together as friends to really sort of continue to cultivate these conversations and um, sort of venues and, and spaces and places where people can Talk about literature in the context of how literature can be formative for our faith and our discipleship. How it can be a great tool uh, toward um, spiritual formation and growth with Jesus. And so, this is another avenue uh, to do that. And obviously, kind of being housed within uh, um, Jessica's podcast, which has been great. And so, and we've been able to kind of co-host and be a part of that. And you'll see more of us um, or hear more of us rather on the podcast uh, in the months to come. So. We're reading together for pastors, Christians, um, any, anyone who wants to listen in. We're, we're reading uh, together through uh, what we're getting started with Lip Pulpit. And what we are reading uh, is a wonderful and powerful and challenging novel. Uh, we are reading James Baldwin's uh, debut, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Why, uh, why Austin, this book?
2: I think it's such a great book for us to start with. I think, first of all, uh, unless it was a book that was assigned to a lot of folks uh, in high school or maybe in uh, intro lit courses for somebody who was not a lit major in, in college, it's probably not a book that a lot of folks um, uh, just uh, coming from uh, a church audience have, have necessarily read, um, which is uh, really, really a, a sad thing because it's such an important book. Uh, it's, a, it's a seminal book. Um, And there's so many uh, things in this book that are beneficial for people of faith to read with and grapple with. Uh, And unlike reading about some of these important themes that we find in this book, things, of course, like the deeply entrenched nature of systemic racism and um, uh, kind of the... Uh, the potential for psychological and spiritual trauma that can inhere sometimes in, in religious culture and, and, and a vast number of other important themes that are written about uh well and articulately and that we all do well to learn from when written from a, a nonfiction perspective one of the real riches of, of reading about these things uh through um the lens of a novel is you are in the first person and you're actually inhabiting these realities and um this can be an important way for us as the church, I think, to really grapple with and, and think about the complexity of some of these things. And hopefully, what we're doing here uh, with Lit Pulpit will be an invitation for us to have kind of a, a communal dialogue about some of these really important realities.
1: And it's interesting that you know, folks, um, you know, in the church may not have read this book. You know, depending on what their English classes were like and, and some of their own personal reading, it's really interesting and ironic because the book is set in the church, right? Uh, so. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a churchy book. Um, it, it, it has something to say to, uh, to those who are following Jesus, um, in, uh, in American context specifically. And it, to give a sort of, um, I guess synopsis of the book it, it is a bit it is a you know significantly autobiographical for Baldwin um the book came out in 1952 uh and it follows the story of uh of John Grimes a young boy in New York City's part of the storefront uh Holiness Pentecostal Church he lives with his uh stepfather uh, and his mother and his siblings and it's right on his sort of his birthday. He's about to turn if i'm remembering correctly 14 That's right. um, and he is sort of at the edge where he really is he's stepping into adolescence and he senses that he's going to be pulled into life in the church. And it's really the, the, the furthest thing from what he actually wants. And so you see him sort of uh, grapple with this. And at the same time, you get this sort of uh, deep history of his family's relationship to America, to Christianity, to the church, uh, to all of these things that are the context of his experience, but he, d- he doesn't quite know that. So it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a powerful book and, and I think speaks really powerfully to a lot of things that we see in the church today.
2: Yeah, I think you're
1: deconstruction and and so forth, um, church scandal power, what's the real nature of, of Christianity? Is it actually a help or a harm to, to impoverish people? Right. I mean, huge, obviously huge topics, right?
2: Yeah. I love the way you just put all of that, Claude. That's so, so spot on. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it, it, it really brings to the fore this tension between, uh, despair and hope and, um, and, and how, uh, the Christian faith can, can be, um, brought to bear to both of those felt realities and sometimes in exactly the the same moment. Um, and you spoke about how this really is a book in the church, even though so many in the church are not reading it. It made me think about another, uh, kind of powerful takeaway for folks as they read this particular book is it demonstrates the power of biblical illusion in modern fiction. Oh, that's Um, right. You know, in, in a way that, um, if folks aren't reading a lot of fiction that is, uh, kind of trafficking and biblical illusion, um, it, it, it this this one particularly shows how how, how compelling that can be when, when used well.
1: Yeah, that's right. You, you, um, yeah, it, it's the sort of novel that could only be written by somebody who was deeply embedded in the church. Um, and you, I think readers will, will pick that up and, and, and we'll see that. Maybe, um, maybe before we get to some of the ways that people will be able to kind of participate, uh, with Lip Pulpit as we're reading through, uh, this work from Baldwin, um, maybe you could, maybe we could share briefly our first encounters with this book. Um, you know, what is, what does Go Tell on the Mountain mean to you? When did you first encounter it?
2: I first encountered it in in high school, and oh, wow. uh, I was yeah I was I was also though not the um I was I was not the most committed student in high school, um, so I didn't engage with it the way that I wish that I had engaged with it. I did the bare minimum to get by. It was later when I'd kind of rediscovered my love for reading that uh, I started reading. Um, several of James Baldwin's books and, and really was taken with them and, and and found them really helpful for me. And so coming back to this, uh, this has been a real treat to read this because it's been some time since I've, I've picked it up. Um, so uh, just rereading it was, was, um, was, uh, I don't know if delights the right word, because it's, it's not a book that you really would describe as a delight, but it was important to reread. And um, I'm so glad that, 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 We have selected this one, and uh, I hope for those who have read it before that they'll have that same experience in rereading it with us, Uh, but particularly for those who've never read it before, that it'll be um, an invitation into uh, a really, really great book from a master writer and thinker, um, and uh, an invitation into some important conversations.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and certificate programs. Begin your master's or certificate program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu slash admit. How about you?
1: Yeah, and, and maybe this will help, folks. I don't, I don't. How long is your list, Austin, of books that you have started and basically finished in like twenty four hours? How how many would you estimate those sort oh, of wow. like those a, books that like you got to and then like you're like I can't put this down and then twenty four hours later you're like I finished this thing.
2: You know, I, for for somebody who loves to talk about books and has asked every. Question about a book under the sun. I don't know that I've ever asked that question or been asked that question. That's that's a first. You know, honestly, probably in twenty four hours, maybe ten max fifteen. Okay, okay, but not not a lot.
1: Okay, no, that's good. Well, I'm probably less than ten. I'm probably like probably like maybe five to seven, somewhere in there. Um, but I, but I asked that because for me, uh, go tell it on the mountain is one of those books. It's one of those books that I remember when I got it, when I started it and just, and just being, um, engulfed into the story and not putting it down And, and, you know, Maybe it was like 26 hours, but basically, you know, finishing it within within a day or so, which I think is actually really fitting, because as people read, you'll realize that the sort of present narrative of the novel really does take place, you know, in, in a day. Um, but I, I mentioned that for people just to sort of, you know, maybe encourage them if they're, you know, maybe on the fence of this is a book for them to pick up. Um it, it is it is well worth well worth your time, uh, and it is one of the maybe five or seven for me that you know I, I picked up and truly could not put it down.
2: Yeah, I can certainly see why it had that effect, and you know, as another selling point for the book, it's not as if. Claude saying that he picked up a fifty-page book and, and burned through it, but also to be able to read a book in twenty-four hours, that means it's not <laughs> it's not a seven hundred, eight hundred-page tome, you know. So this That's is right. this is a great novel that invites you into uh, a really really compelling narrative that uh, also is not going to require um, enormous amounts of time to be able to uh, to, to to go through with us.
1: So there y'all have it. That's a little bit of the why. And then uh, we can turn to kind of how, you know, for Lip Pulpit, as we mentioned, we're excited for for y'all who are listening to participate, for this to be a, a communal sort of thing. Um, and there are a couple ways that y'all can engage. So one of the things that you can, you can do is... Uh, Grab the book from your library. Uh, pick up a copy yourself. Um, maybe some of y'all ha- have had it on the shelf for a while. It's one of those, right? That'd be another good book question. Is sort of, what are those books on your shelf you've been meaning to read? Maybe that. Maybe this is one of those for you. But grab it, start reading, and then come January, be ready to hop in. Uh, hop in with us as we read along. But we got another great way for for y'all to engage and interact with us on this, and that's going to be through uh, our Facebook group, which you can find uh, in the show notes. Uh, Austin, can you share a little bit about kind of. How we're going to try to do things with Lip Pulpit, not just the podcast, but also kind of facilitating uh, some communal interaction via Facebook.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll lay out what we're thinking now and also just kind of name that this is a work in progress. So folks, you know, get in touch with us and let us know uh, other things you'd like to see us doing or ways you'd like to engage. But uh, as we kind of get out of the gate... We're going to have this Facebook page where uh, we want to hear from you all with uh, questions that you have. We're going to um, be um, kind of assigning certain amounts to read that we'll be working through. We'll give um, kind of a, a theme or guiding question that, that that we're planning to come at that uh, particular conversation. Um, from, from that particular angle, but we also want to hear from y'all with questions that you have about the book and, and things that you would like us to speak to um, uh, as, as we move forward.
1: So y'all will have opportunity to help shape the conversation. Uh, so, you know, don't be shy, reach out to us, uh, let us know, and we're excited to, to jump into this important work by Baldwin uh, with all of you. So looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'll just add to that, that again, this is, we call it lip pulpit because uh, while this is going to be a conversation about books from book lovers with book lovers, we, uh, this, this portion of uh, the podcast is kind of geared uh, from the angle of two pastors uh, trying to lead a conversation about books. So, um, so, questions that you ask or ways that we want to come at this book, we 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 do we are mindful of the fact that we 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 are pastors wanting to talk about how uh, these particular texts that we're using uh, are are formative uh, for uh, Christian discipleship and are um, beneficial for the life of the Christian church.
1: Absolutely, it's a great note to end on. Um, Austin, thank you, and everyone who's listening. We're excited to go on this journey with y'all
2: going to be great fun and Claude always great to be with you my friend
1: appreciate it all right y'all peace
0: this episode was brought to you in part by the truce podcast the new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the republican party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.